Thank you for listening to Sozo Church in Spokane, Washington. For more information on Sozo Church, visit sozospokane.com. Mark, welcome to Sozo. Thanks for being here. Hope you all are doing well. How's everybody doing this morning? Give yourselves a hand if you're here in person for, for uh, fighting the white witch and coming to church anyways. Um, word from the Lord for you that winter cannot last forever. Aslan is on the move. Um, 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 anyways, uh, welcome to Celebration Sunday. It's a little bit different Sunday for us. Um, uh, so it, it, henceforth a different, uh, <laughs> different little video there. Uh, we're not going to be in John this morning. Uh, I want to just take a moment, uh, and do something a little bit different, but, but really, um, if you've hung around with us for a while, if, well, let me, let me back up even further. If you've been in church for a while, you, you may or may not know that, uh, uh, the, uh, the authorities in the government, I'm going to, I'm gosh, I got to pick my words, right? Um, <laughs> Uh, because we are a registered nonprofit, we are required to have a annual business meeting uh, to keep to keep the government happy, uh, where we communicate some things with you as, as members. Um, and if you've hung around in church for very long, uh, you know we kind of the the, use, the thing we used to do is we would just kind of gather right after church and we would just kind of do that. And all of you would plan your dentist appointments for that day because you'd rather get a root canal than sit through an annual business meeting at a church. Um, in fact, I'm, this is a true story. I have a pastor friend uh, used to be a pastor, and he. Uh, he, he had a blood disorder that caused him to have kidney stones on a regular basis. And one year he had a kidney stone when he was supposed to have his annual business meeting at a church. And he called me up and he was like, I'm so excited. I have to go to the hospital with a kidney stone so I can't make it to my own annual business meeting. Um, so that's how much we enjoyed those. So sort of what we, what we shifted to do that is we, we started these things called vision nights where we try to cast the vision of the church and, and do that instead, all while also fulfilling the need for an annual business meeting. And uh, a couple of years ago, I really just started not feeling comfortable using this term vision night because please hear me, our vision doesn't change. Like it was set for us um, uh, 2,000 years ago. And so we don't, we don't need to come up with a new vision every year. And, and so really our heart as elders and as, as, a, as a team was really, you know, really what we want this Sunday to be about is celebrating the faithfulness and the goodness of God. Amen. Uh, and so really what today is about is really that. It's about celebrating the faithfulness of God. Um, and come on, how many of you know God does not care about the, the day or date on a calendar? Uh, I know I'm, I'm disappointing some of you that are counting the days and you're trying to figure out what the toes of the Antichrist mean and all that. But uh, God doesn't care about the, 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 the calendar is not divinely inspired. Amen? But yet we have a God that moves in seasons, and we want to celebrate the season that we've been in and his faithfulness in the midst of that season. So, uh, so we're going to do that. But this morning, I also wanted to sort of take a, a week off of our series through John. If you're a guest with us, if you're tuning in, if you're kind of just kind of checking this out, the normative, the regular thing that we do around here, and we like it, is uh, we just study through books of the Bible or large passages of Scripture. Amen? That's, that's the normal kind of regular, uh, I call it like the meat and potatoes, right? It's just the, the regular kind of meals that we eat around here are, are just making our way through a book of the Bible. Uh, we, we've been uh, in John for a few weeks, and we'll be there for a few more weeks. Um, it's not, that's not untrue. Um, I told you guys three years ago it would take us about two years to get through John. Uh, <laughs> and so anyways, uh, we, we, that's, that's the normative. But this morning, I, I want to not do that. I want to kind of stop. I feel like the Lord put something on my heart for us as a church uh, for this season. And so if you'll, if you'll let me kind of take the, the, the Bible teacher hat off this morning and, and track with me, and if this makes you uncomfortable, welcome to church. Um, if you'll let me put the pastor prophet hat on for a minute. And just sort of speak into kind of the season that I believe we're going into, uh, the season that I believe we're already in, uh, and what I feel like the Lord is, is sort of laying out for us. So if you have a Bible, we're still going to read the Bible, amen? We're still going to base what we say off the scriptures, right? That doesn't change. So, so if you've got one, let's go ahead and turn to uh, Psalm 37. We're going to read verses 3 and 4. And let's, let's do it because we like to do it. Let's stand to our feet for the reading of God's word. 
in case you didn't get enough calories out dancing earlier, come on. Uh, you get at least like one calorie for standing up. Uh, Psalm 37, 3 and 4 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land, I love this, and befriend faithfulness. Come on, does anybody else in the room know the faithfulness of God? Come on, as a friend. Come on, he is, he is faithful. He has been faithful to us. We're going to celebrate his faithfulness. Amen? Verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I'm going to read that verse again because it's important for us this morning. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. You know what? I'm going to do something weird. Can we read that verse together? Can you, can you lift your own voice and read this verse with me? Come on. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. That sound is so good. We're going to do it one more time. Come on. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Let's pray together, church. Come on, Holy Spirit, we thank you. Come on, with your own voice, with your own words, out of your own heart, we just thank the Lord. Come on, just thank him for something. Thank him for one thing. Thank him for two things. Come on, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your provision. We thank you for your goodness, God. We thank you that as we draw near to you, we don't have to wonder about your mood because you are a steadfast God that does not change. And so we come before you. We enter into your gates with thanksgiving and your courts with praise. We come before the throne room of grace to find grace in our time of need, God. And so we come, Lord, today hungry to hear your word. Come on, we come hungry to hear your word. We confess and proclaim our hunger before you because you said that, that he who, 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 who desires bread should come and without cost you will freely give. So we come, Lord, with, with, our, with our hands and our mouths open. God, feed us your word. God, give us, give, us, give us the fresh word that you have for us as a people. Breathe life upon your scriptures and make them come alive in our hearing. God, we don't want yesterday's word. We don't, we don't even want tomorrow's word. We just want today's word. We just want the manna that is for today. So we ask that you would speak, that we would hear, that we would receive and respond for your glory and the good of all people. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Come on, everybody said? Amen. Go ahead, high-five somebody real fast and grab a seat. Amen, amen, amen. I do want to just quickly remind you guys tonight, I know we've announced it, but it's just, it's important to me uh, that we're together tonight and able to celebrate. So, so plan on being here, whether you're here right now or you're watching on the YouTubes or the face pages or whatever, I don't know where you watch it. Um, uh, plan on being here tonight. We will not be able to live stream. So uh, we are not live streaming this tonight. So please drive on out. Uh, the, the weather guessers are guessing that the, the snow should stop. We're going to do our best to try to get the, the, the parking lot plowed and, uh, and, and just come on out. Even if it's snowing, I promise you it's worth the drive. The doors will open at 530. So come on in. Um, we, we will here. I'm just going to let you know. I'm just I'm going to try to pregame this as much as I can. Uh, the food, we ordered pre-blessed food. So you can just come in, go right and eat it. Uh, you don't got to wait for somebody to do the religious, like, you know, bless the, there's, it's pre-blessed. So just come on in. We're going to eat. We're going to have fun. Uh, we're we're going to party like it's 1990. Amen. So uh, it's going to be a good time. We're going to celebrate. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's going to be good. So doors open at 530. So, so feel free to be here at 530 and eat. We're going to get started about 6, 630. Uh, but we want you guys here and be able to eat because we got a lot to cover. We got a lot to do. Uh, going to get to hear from Mike, going to get to some fun announcements that we've got. It's going to be a good night. Amen? This morning, however, uh, I got a lot to say, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say it as, as, as quickly and clearly as I can, but I, I have been instructed by a, a lovely young lady in our church to take my time, so uh, you, that's what I'm going to do. Um, if, you got your bio, if, you, if you're taking notes, rather, um, I want to talk to you this morning under the title, Invited into Intimacy. Invited into Intimacy. Um, 
I'm just going to read some stuff that I write. I don't usually write a whole lot. Um, normally, I have like nine things scribbled on a piece of paper, uh, and you can tell. Uh, <laughs> and I just sort of get up here and see what the Lord does. But uh, had a weird sort of thing come on me this week, uh, and I wrote some stuff that I, I just I want to make sure I, I communicate clearly um, as we as I do this. So I believe the Lord is inviting us as a church, as a people, as a community, as a company of people into a new level of intimacy, into a new awareness of his goodness and a new sense of his abiding mercy with us. What I mean by this is I believe he wants you personally to know. And by know, I mean either by introduction, come on, or by remembrance. He wants you to know his covenant faithfulness toward you. He wants you to know how faithful he is to always be in proximity to you. He wants to make you aware of his abiding presence. We are being invited, I believe, to delight ourselves exclusively in him. To trust him with our hearts, with our innermost beings, and with the secret place of our interior world. Let me be clear, he's not, he is not inviting us into this encounter simply for our experience or for our enjoyment or even for our encouragement. How many of you know those things happen? When, when God's goodness manifests, we experience it. God wants you, come on, come on, maybe this is helping somebody. God wants you to personally experience his goodness. He doesn't want to, it to just be a theoretical reality out there somewhere that you intellectually align yourself with and agree with. You ought to align yourself in agreement with the fact that God is good because it's true. But he doesn't want you just to, to come on, come on, to pass the test of having the right answer, God is fill in the blank good, right? He wants you to experience that. As we experience that, it is right and good for us to enjoy the experience of his proximity, of his closeness, of his goodness, of his mercy. Amen? And as we enjoy that, it's right and good for that to encourage us. But I don't believe that the the specific type of encounter he is calling us to is simply for our experience, enjoyment, or even encouragement. But rather, I believe he's inviting us into this place of intimacy for the purpose of impartation. Through encounter and intimacy, he is placing a seed of eternal impartation within us. Let me say it this way. In 2023, I believe will be a year of burdens, of barns, of birthing, and yes, even of backlash. What I want to do this morning is try to lay out for us um, use a backdrop of a familiar thing. I, I've shared with you guys before that, that several years ago, I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke something to me that I didn't really quite understand at the time, and I, I could not be more uh, thankful that he has fulfilled this word in me. He, he, he told me as I was driving down the road, he likes to talk to me while I'm driving, um, he said, I want to deliver you from clocks and calendars. Uh, and I know some of you have emailed me and said, like, what in the heck do you mean by that? And, and what I love about your emails is I, I, that was essentially the same thing I said to Holy Spirit when he said it to me. It was like, what do you, what, what do you, I don't own a calendar, Lord. It's not 1987. I don't have a calendar. Uh, my, my Blackberry died a long time ago. Um, and really what, what I realized, what I've come to realize he, he meant by that is, is so often, come on, we, we measure our progress by clocks and calendars. Come on, am I, come on, come on. Am I the only one that has ever thought, you know, I should be farther along than I am right now? I, come on, I should have my stuff slightly more figured. Wives, don't look at your husbands right now. I should have my stuff slightly more together than I have it right now. And, and, and the reality is, I believe the Holy Spirit was trying to say, like, quit gauging yourself off clocks and calendars. Rather, look to me, look to me. And so, so a, a funny little manifestation of this, I believe, is that I want to take us to a, a very familiar story to most people that is a, a, here's what I feel like it is. It's a word in season, out of its season. I want to look at Christmas. Um, I want to look at specifically uh, Mary. 
and focus primarily on her experience of what intimacy with Holy Spirit did for her. And, and again, to be clear, I want to just I want to make sure that I'm, I'm being upfront and honest with you. We are not going to exegete this text. I'm not I'm not here to tell you all of the nuance of Greek and Hebrew and, and dive into stuff. All I'm trying to do is use this. Can, can I can I use this word as a backdrop for us to put the word of the Lord in front of, so we have a more biblical place to ground our understanding. Are you tracking with me? Okay. Two of you nodded your head, so that was more than I needed. Um, so the first thing, the first thing I said, we're, we're going to be looking at burdens. Burdens. Here's what I mean by that: that through intimacy, He will impart a life within us. Through intimacy, He will impart a life within us. Again, I'm going to read a lot more than I normally do. Just track with me. Uh, what I mean by that is a dream, a vision, a passion, or a burden of His heart will be shared with us. And we will have the honor to carry as our own something that is of him. Something that is of him. A dream, a vision, a passion, a burden of his heart will be shared with us. And we will have the honor of carrying as our own something that ultimately is of him. PG-13 warning. Here's what I'm saying. He wants to make you pregnant with something of him. Something of the kingdom, something of eternity, something of divinity he wants to place within you. How do we get this life within us? I'm so glad you asked. Go ahead, go to Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Uh, anybody who still has a paper Bible, this will be easier for you. This is just going to be one of those days we're just going to hang out in the text and sort of walk and talk our way through it. You cool with that? So if you got one of these cool, fancy new paper Bibles, we're just going to hang out here. I'll make some comments as we go. It's going to be good. And yes, I will have it on the Sky Bible for you. Um, Luke 1.26. This is in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. Everybody say Mary. Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. I love the Bible. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You have found favor, come on, with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of, the, of his kingdom there will be no end. This morning I want to talk to you about burdens, about this impartation of burden, about how God is going to, to impart something of himself into you individually. And the first thing is this, that the message of God imparts the life of God. First thing we need to know is, is the message of God imparts the life of God. Best, easiest example I can give you for this, we, we ought to be people who, who yes and amen this, because come on, how is it that we received the life of God initially? Through the preaching, through the proclamation, through the hearing, through the receiving of the gospel. When God wants to impart something to his people, he speaks he speaks to us as his people. He declares a message to us. When, when he wanted to meet Mary in this moment, he, he, he sent a messenger. He sent Gabriel. He sent one of his messengers. God is the word. Amen? God speaks. And so as I'm encouraging us to engage in intimacy with him, as I'm, as, I'm, as I'm calling us to respond to his invitation into intimacy, I'm calling you to expect to hear something from him. To expect yourself to hear from him. Not your, 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 your grandma, not your, not your super holy Uncle Fred who he can hear God. No, no, no. You. Come on, I want to shatter the delusion that God only speaks to a few select individual people. That has never been the heart of the Father. 
God desires to speak to all of us. In this season, I believe we need to understand that the message of God imparts the life of God. You want to know how he's going to get this life on the inside of you? He's going to speak a word to you. He's going to declare his goodness to you. Come on, come on. This is how he's always led his people. And I'm going to warn you, we'll, we'll, I, we'll get into this probably more in a, in a little bit, but, 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 but he will speak to you, come on, a word that sometimes makes no sense. Can you imagine, can you just, can you imagine, can you imagine the confusion in poor Noah? Noah is living in a day that the Bible essentially describes as all of the earth was Las Vegas. It was just full of sin and debauchery, right? It was just, it was just bad all around. And, and here we have one righteous man, one guy who's after the heart of God, and, and what does God tell him to do? He's like, hey, you know what you should do in response to all of the craziness around you? You should build a boat. And I can only imagine Noah's response. What's a boat? And God's like, oh, here's the blueprints. It's like, okay. It's like, yeah, it floats on water. Okay, but I'm in the desert, Lord. Yeah, I know, but it's going to rain. What's rain? Because at this point in history, the Bible says it didn't ever rain. The water just came up from under the ground and, and just, just misted everything. There was no, there's just an inbuilt sprinkler system. God's like, no, it's going to rain. It's going to flood, and then you're going to need that boat. Come on, he tells Abraham, leave everything you know and go to a place that you don't know. Abraham's like, okay, how? Just go. Where? I'll show you. He tells Moses, hey Moses, I know you're a murderer, but will you go ahead and free my people? He tells Joshua, like, hey, I know you're not at all Moses, but will you go ahead and lead them into the promised land? Hey, David, I know you're the least of your father's house, but why don't you go ahead and be king? Hey, Esther, I know you are literally trapped in this relationship, but I actually put you here in this weird relationship with a wicked king so that you could win his heart so you could save your people. God likes to lead his people through his word, Amen. So when I say that in the, the message of God imparts the life of God, this is what I mean. Next thing I want you to hear from this text, next thing I want to pull out, is the first message you need to hear is you are favored. Thanks. One of you got it. That's the first thing. We have to start from a place of favor. One of the things that I find fascinating about, about the, 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 the way that the, the scriptures lay out human history is how it just uncovers the reality of the human condition. No other book in history has so clearly, so powerfully, so beautifully just laid before us what it means to be, come on, human. One of the, the consistent things we see, uh, a consistent sort of rhythm in the Old Testament is these stories of people who are barren, unable to conceive life within them. And one of the, the sort of uh, uh, underlying sort of, uh, how do I want to say this, like, like pulls that seems to be in the heart of these women who experience barrenness is a fear, please hear me, a fear that their husbands will not love them unless they produce for them. Now, this makes sense, again, if we, if we put ourselves back in the mindset of the day, right? I was, I was talking to a friend the other day, and, and, uh, and he was saying how uh, he, was, he, had, he had put on some weight over this winter, but he said, I think it's good because I think my ancestors would appreciate it. I've been trying to live more, you know, connected with my history, and so I think my, my you know, all my ancestors that, that fought, you know, fought somehow to survive cold winters, I think my body just kn knew it was going to be a cold winter, and so I think mine did too, you know? Like, I just knew it was going to be a cold winter, and so we do this, right? Like, like there's, there, we, we, we sometimes forget the, the plight of our, our ancestors, right? The, the, the whole idea of being able to carry on our legacy and our lineage, and I think we can sometimes carry that same worry, that same burden that we think we have to achieve or strive or merit or earn our intimacy with him. That if we're not somehow, come on, if we're not somehow productive, 
then why would he want to be intimate with us? And we have to start from a place of knowing, come on, that we are favored. We have to start from a place of knowing that he loves us, that his desire is toward us. When we know we're favored, it, it keeps our hearts from fear or from resentment toward him. Come on, am I the only one who's ever gone through a season of barrenness? Where you're being faithful, you're doing what you're supposed to do, but come on, nothing seems to be working. Where, where, where the pedal is going to the floor and the wheels are spinning, but the, the, the come on, the, 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 the view's not changing. It's just the same stuff. In those moments, there is a temptation to believe that he's not good and I'm not beloved. And the first message he wants you to hear is favored. The first message he, the first message Mary is greeted with, before she's told about this amazing thing that's going to happen to her, before anything's imparted to her, the first message, you are favored. And she's like, I don't know what you mean by that. So he clarifies, you have found favor in the sight of the Lord. I also think that knowing that we're favored, come on, keeps us from giving ourselves to other things. It stops us from running off to try to find favor with something else. Share this with you a thousand times. I'll share it with you a thousand more times if I need to. There is a need within the human heart for, you to, for, for us to experience, to know, to have identity, security, and, and ecstasy. We are designed to, to know who we are. We are designed to have a, 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 safe, to, to, to know a safety, a stability, a security. We are designed for soul-satisfying joy. And when you don't find that in him, you will go looking for it in worthless places. So right out of the chute, he wants you to know you're favored. That's who you are. You want to know who you are? You are the beloved of the Father. Before Jesus did one miracle, preached one sermon, or did anything spiritual, the Father meets him and says, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And then, at the Mount of Transfiguration, before he finishes the work, what does the Father say? This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. Bookending the, the public ministry of Jesus with the proclamation that you, you were beloved when this thing started. Come on, you'll be beloved when this thing ends. You're favored. You're favored. You're favored. It stops us knowing we're favored, stops us from producing Ishmael's in our life. Self effort, self religion, self righteousness that just keeps us in bondage. Let's keep going through the text. Verse 34. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this, the sixth month with her, who was called barren. Highlight, circle, underline, yell, scream, holler, for nothing will be impossible with God. Here, come, come on, I, I pre-preached this a little bit already. The practical is not a problem. So as you begin to hear what it is that the Lord is speaking to you, as that burden begins to rise up within you, it is natural and normal for you to go, yeah, 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 but, but this, but that, but I, 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 nothing, nothing, nothing is impossible for God. The practical is not a problem. We're going to talk about some practical application here in a second. I'm not ignoring practical, but don't let practical 
cause a, oh, come on, I, I know, I know, I'm not trying to use language that's going to hurt. I'm trying to use language to, 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 to help us understand. Don't let the practical cause you to miscarry what God wants to put inside of you. And I'm not, please hear me, I'm not trying to belittle at all the pain and the sorrow that miscarriages cause in people's lives. I'm not trying to do that at all. But I'm saying that in the heart of the Father, that's the same thing that happens to us as we, as we kill what he tries to put within us by our doubt, our discouragement, our practical, our pragmatism. How's this going to fit into my plan, into my life, into what I wanted to do? I don't have the necessary this. I, all he's asking you to do is receive. The practical is not a problem because impartation comes through intimacy. How is Mary going to get pregnant? She's not going to get pregnant with God's son by sleeping with Joseph. Scripture makes it clear. They, they, they did that later. But this was not going to happen through practical, pragmatic means. This was going to happen simply by her being receptive to the, to the intimacy that God was inviting her into. The same thing is going to be true for us. As I say, God wants to impart some life within you, and you're going, well, and what's he going to ask me to do? And I don't know, and I don't have the ability, and I don't have this gifting, and I don't have that. Hey, hey, just get intimate with him. He'll impart what needs to come. He'll, he'll put within you that which needs to be within you. Again, what sense did it make? No one, no one, no one would have sat down and come up with a plan for the world of Noah's day and said, you know what we need to do to deal with all of this, this sin, wickedness, intermingling, all this, all this weird stuff, this, this weird supernatural sorcery stuff that's going on? You know what we should do? Let's get a community together. We all met. We all had a big plan. We thought we should build a boat. That's the wisest thing we could do with our time, talent, and resources. We'll build a boat in the middle of a desert. I'm not telling you God's going to speak some practical thing to you. I'm saying just get intimate with the Holy Spirit and, and listen. Listen to what he might say. Listen to what he might speak to you. Listen to what he might call you to. Listen to what, come on, he wants to impart to you. Our invitation, okay, I want, I want, I want to, thank you, Abba. The invitation that God is extending to us in this season, he, he who has an ear, let him hear. What's being extended to us is not an invitation to impartation. It's an invitation to intimacy. Don't seek impartation, just seek intimacy. I'm not calling us as a church to, to try to run to every corner of the galaxy and get a word from God. I'm calling you to just be with him. And I'm warning you that as you be with him, you may get an impartation. And when that happens, it's going to cause something to come alive on the inside of you. We are called to intimacy, not impartation. I, I mentioned Abraham earlier. It, it's my, I mean, I just, I love the story of Abraham because it's just such a, it's just such an encouraging reminder to me. What did Abraham need to do to see the promise of God fulfilled in his life? At a hundred years old, keep chasing Sarah around the tent. Just stay intimate with the thing that you fell in love with. You say, yeah, but it's not, it's, not, it's not producing, it's not doing anything, it's not, it's not making anything happen. You just stay in love with her. Okay? Just, 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 just keep chasing her. Just keep being intimate with that which you originally fell in love with. Jacob struggled with this because he loved Rachel, but Rebecca was far more productive. And it's a, there's a danger, there's a danger if productivity is your goal, there's a danger that you get in bed with something that's related to what you fell in love with, but not actually what you fell in love with. Twenty years later, we're going, well, what, what, why am I doing why am I doing what I'm doing? This isn't what I'm called to do. But it's effective, so I guess I should just keep doing it. Come on, we got to stay intimate with that which we were initially called to love. Amen? Just abide, rest, wait, listen. That's all I'm asking you to do. 
Abide, rest, wait, and listen. How does Mary respond? And Mary said, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Well, how do, how do, how do we respond? Well, our, our, only, our only response is humble surrender. Whatever, whatever he said, this is, this is why. Mary did this here. That's why Mary could stand up at the, 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 the wedding in Cana and just say, whatever he says, just do it. Trust me, just whatever he speaks to you, whatever the word is, just, just, just humbly surrender to it. I know he, he's probably going to ask you to do something weird, like fill up washing vessels with water, and he's going to turn it into wine. A lot of wine for people who've already had more than enough. Come on, we humbly submit. You just receive. You just trust Jesus. Rest in what he speaks to you. Hear what he says to you. Amen? So that's the burdens. I believe also there's a season he's moving us into for Barnes. What do I mean by Barnes? I mean through intimacy, he will lead us in seasons of preparation that will deliver us to the right people, the right place, the right point. Let's go ahead, just fast forward to Luke 2. Read 1 through 6 here. It says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Everybody say Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with, with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. By Barnes, I mean that God wants to move us into the right people, the right place, the right point. I said, we're going to talk about some practical here in a minute. Mary received the life, right? We we, we hear now, right? We're we're, we're fast-forwarded, can we guess? Um, Probably about nine months. Which, man, man, side note, not in the notes. I just, I I cannot wait to, to, to find out. Couldn't the Lord have made the registration like six months earlier? Because I can't imagine. I know what it was like to live with my wife when she was nine months pregnant. I can't imagine what it would have been like for me to tell my wife, like, we're going to get you on a donkey. And we're going to march our way across Israel. It's going to be fun. Because I don't know about y'all, but my wife wanted to be done being pregnant at about seven and a half months being pregnant. Nothing was going to change when that baby was going to be born. <laughs> all of our kids, my, my wife made such a wonderful home for our children, they all liked to be born late. And she wanted them all to be born early. I wonder if Mary was in that boat. Come on. If she was just going, Lord, Lord, Lord this is your child. <laughs> Can you just have him born before I have to get on the donkey and ride all the way to Bethlehem? Can we do that? Can we do that? Can we do that? I said yes. Will you say yes? I said, can we make a deal? I'm sorry. This is just the way I read the Bible. But God knew that she needed to be around the right people, come on, in the right place and at the right point. He knew that she needed to do this, the right people. He was preparing her for the ultimate fulfillment of what was within her. People, Part of preparation is being, come on, come on, being rejected by the wrong people so you can be surrounded by the right people. That was worth the price of coming to church. Because some of y'all are still hung up on the people that rejected you when God was trying to get those people to reject you so you could be surrounded by the right people. Okay, we'll read, this, we'll read this line in just a minute, in verse 7, where it says that, that she had the baby in a barn because there was no place for them found in the inn. Everybody say inn. Bad, horrible translation. There were no Motel 6s in Bethlehem. Hilton had not put up a destination place in, in Bethlehem yet. I'm sure there's one there now because Christians want to go back and look at where Jesus walked and pay, you know, $100 to be driven in a bus and like point and go, 
We think that's where he died. Why? Well, because a queen about 400 years ago came through on a donkey and said that's where he died. $100. Okay. Um, there were no inns. Literally what that, that word inn means, there was no, there was no guest quarters found for her. The, the culture of the time was when somebody, a relative of yours, came to visit, they got to stay with you. And just track with me here for a second. Did you notice they weren't married? They were betrothed. So a little pregnant couple shows up, not married yet, and all the relatives said, uh-uh. You ain't staying here. You go take your knocked up self somewhere else. You can just, you can just keep, oh no, we're, there's no room in here. There's, we're, we're all filled up. But you got to be rejected by the wrong people so you can be surrounded by the right people. Okay, I got to put my pastor hat on for a second. That's not an excuse for you being a jerk. Just be, I just want to clarify real fast. If you have no friends, it's because you're not friendly. I'm just quoting the Bible at you. It says, he who is friendly will have friends. I always like to remind people, it's not a commandment. It's just a, it's just a clarification. I don't need, I have, my wife is my, my this, is, this is the, welcome to my marriage. My wife is my only friend. I'm her best friend. That's why she sometimes needs a break. <laughs> right? Like, like, like I, got, I got friends. Like that's, uh, but if you have no friends, if nobody wants to be your friend, I love you, that's your fault. But come on, I'm talking about how when, when, we're, when we're seeking, come on, when we're seeking to be in the place that we feel God's called us, when we're seeking to do that which God calls us to do, and doors seem to shut in front of us, people seem to reject us, we need to get excited because God's moving us into the right people. I am so glad that I got rejected by the people I got rejected by. So I could be placed where God has for me. The right place, the right, or the right people, leads it to the right place. There is often a shift needed to prepare us for what is to come. Jesus, scripturally, catch, track me, could only be born in Bethlehem. That's where he, that's where he had, that was the place he needed to be born. So God was going to do whatever he needed to do. So as things shift, come on, in your life, know that we serve a God who is working how many things together for our good? All things together for our good. So you don't need to freak out. Come on, you survived 2020. And then you survived 2022, the sequel to 2020. Come on, we don't need to freak out. We need to trust the Lord. Just like he moves us into the right people, he moves us into the right place. So as we're freaking out and going, I got this word, I have this burden, I don't know how it's going to happen, I don't know how it's going to take place, I don't see a way for it to be fulfilled, God all the while is moving the right people in place. He's moving us into the right place. Come on, I need an amen from some saints who've been around long enough to know what it feels like, come on, to look back and go, oh, that's what he was doing. Where we're like, oh, I, I thought I was just like, Whoa, but actually it was just. Whoosh. Right people, right place, right point. There is an appointed time, a point in your story, and the fulfillment of what God has placed within you will only happen at that point. Have you, ever, have you ever read like a good book? I mean like a good book. God is the author of your story. Enjoy reading it. He's written it out. And like any good story, come on, there's celebration and there's tragedy. But he's good throughout all of it. And he will get you to the point he needs to get you to so you can see the fulfillment of that which God has placed within you. 
right people, right place, right point. Let me say this. A good thing with the wrong people is not a good thing. A good thing in the wrong place is not a good thing. A good thing at the wrong time is not a good thing. Good thing with the wrong people is not. Has anybody else gone on vacation and had somebody in the room next to you that was just all kinds of obnoxious? Anybody gone on a plane before? That should be enough. There you go. A plane and sat by another human being. I was on a plane once and this person forgot all kinds of human decency and took their shoes and socks off. I flew on an airplane once. On, it had to be the red eye. I was on the back row next to the toilet with, 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 with two teenage girls here who decided to just lay down on top of each other and kick me the entire flight. And I'm not making this up. A guy next to me watching pornography on his phone. And a kicker? I got food poisoning at the airport right before I got on the plane. I had to tell the poor guy next to me, like, you're going to have to stop watching that for a minute, and I got to get up and throw up. He's like, oh, sorry. He's like, and could you just stop watching? He goes, no. Cool. Good thing. The wrong people around you. Not a good thing. Good thing in the wrong place is not a good thing. We're trying to rush, and we want to get to things, but if it's, if it's not the right, come on, if, it's not, if you're not in the right place, I love the fact that our house has, has fireplaces. House we bought has fireplaces. We got an awesome, amazing wood stove. I can, I can get our downstairs family room to like 100 degrees. It's awesome. My wife will still have a blanket on. Am I lying? No. 100 degrees in the room, and she's like, can I get another blanket? Can we move our bed to this room? I don't want to go upstairs and have to go to bed. Okay? I'm really grateful for a fireplace. That's the place for fire. I'm not going to set my couch on fire. Well, but I thought fires were good. Yeah, but a good thing, come on, in the wrong place is not a good thing. A good thing at the wrong time is not a good thing. I'm so grateful that Jesus was fake born in December. Because nobody wants to see Santa in a Speedo. Right place, right time. I want the right time. Right people, right place, right point. When all those things line up, when God does what he does, when we trust his prophetic timing, when we align ourselves there, when everything's ready, our burden finds its barn, and there it is born. Verse 7, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in their family's houses. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Through intimacy, birthing, through intimacy, he will bring forth in fullness and fruition that which he has placed within us. I believe this is a year, come on, of fulfilled words. I believe this is a year, come on, of fulfilled words. When all of the right people in all of the right places and all of the right points and, 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 and timing has been fulfilled, when all of that has taken place, the fulfillment is all that remains and birthing comes. Don't stop just because you, you, you're, you, you feel like God's moving stuff into place. Don't stop. Just keep resting. Just keep trusting. Just keep being intimate. Come on. Come on. He will bring forth his word. I'll prove it to you. Habakkuk 2.3. For still the vision awaits. It's what? Appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. New Covenant says the same thing. Galatians 4.4. 4. 
But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Come on, somebody. I believe 2023 is going to be a year of fulfilled promises. I believe many who have carried burdens from the Lord for years or even decades will get to see the coming forth, come on, of their then suddenly moment. Come on. It's appointed time. I, I, if you've got an ear to hear, I believe that 2023 is going to be a year of fulfilled promises, hopes, and dreams. The coming forth of these things. I believe there are prophetic words even to this house that we will see the fulfillment of in this year. I, come on. If y'all know me, I don't say this stuff lightly. I don't get up here and say this all the time. It's not my style. That's not what I want to do. But I, I believe so strongly that, that yes, there are burdens coming to people. Yes, there are. There's a positioning. There's a, a barn coming to us. But I believe all of that is, 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 is taking place in order that birthings might take place. It will not lie. Come on, God didn't lie when he spoke it to you. He wasn't making it up as he went along. He had a specific time, and he wanted to fill your heart with hope and anticipation. Don't let doubt and discouragement and the enemy creep in and take what God meant for good and try to make it into something evil. Come on, if it hasn't happened yet, it just means the party is still in the future. Come on, somebody. Don't abandon your hope. But also don't take this as a call to strive. Just keep resting. Just keep trusting. Now, I, I, I didn't initially understand why the Lord said this, but I also believe that there's a backlash. If we know the story, we know Jesus was born, and we know that, that what happened was Herod, after he was born, came and tried to, tried to kill that which had been birthed, tried to kill Jesus. Amen? I believe it would be ignorant of us to not be aware of the opposition that can come. So by backlash, here's what I believe he's trying to say. I'm going to read the verse, and then I'm going to give you my definition of what backlash is. Matthew 2, verse 13. Check this out. And when they had departed, that's the, the wise men, as they departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. By backlash, what I mean is that through intimacy, he will guard and guide us from all that seeks to take the life of that which he has brought in and through us. The reason I want to bring up backlash is not to make you paranoid, but to not allow you to be ignorant and to call you that even as we begin to step, come on, come on, even as we begin to step into the fulfillment of some of these things that God has spoken to us over the years, that's not a call to now leave intimacy. But we got to keep our ears ever tuned to what it is that he would say to us. Once it's, once it's come, sometimes we can kind of go, oh, okay, cool, it's, we're, we're done, we're good, over, move on, next thing. No, 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 we, we got to stay keenly aware of that which he would direct us and guide us. Fulfilled vision is not an end to your need for intimacy. It is a call for even more intimacy. Amen? Burdens, barns, burning, backlash. A couple quick things, and then I got one last thing I need to say to us here at the end. Some of you are already in some of those seasons. Some of you are already carrying a burden. This is not a call for me to tell you that God's about to pile more on you. Hooray! <laughs> you barely carry what I've got. No, no. Some of you are already in those seasons of, of, of being put in the right, surrounded by the right people in the right place and at the right point. Some of you are, are, have already experienced the birthing of what God has put within your heart. I'll be, I'll be totally honest with you. Me standing on this platform is part of that for me personally. This was a, this was a word that I got that I didn't even know I got. Anybody ever had those? 
God speaks to you a word and you're like, I don't get it. And then it comes to fruition, you're like, oh, that's what you meant. Literally 23 years ago, my wife and I sat on this stage for a presbytery. Anybody know what a presbytery is, right? We, get, we bring some prophetically gifted people in and they lay hands on you and they pray for you and see whatever God would say to you. And we literally got a word. This was the word. My wife found the tape. <laughs> tape. I had to get in a car to play the tape because I didn't have a tape player anywhere but in an old car. Praise God for old cars. We sat on this stage and a guy I don't even know. I don't know, I didn't know his name then. I don't know his name now. Said, I see a vision of you two walking around this building, having the keys to everything like you own the place. And I was like, God, I just came here to figure out what kind of job I was supposed to have right now. I don't really want keys to the church. <laughs> just like to make enough money to feed my wife. Can, can I get a word for that? God's like, I gave you a whole word. I gave you a whole book of the Bible. It's called Job. Get one. Um, I don't believe all of us will all be in the same place regarding all of these things at the same time. Because, this leads me nicely to my little pastoral ending to this, I believe this has far more to do with the secret place over the stage. Y'all don't know this because you're not elders, unless you are an elder, and hopefully then you know this, um, or staff. But we, we, have a, we have a thing that the Lord gave, gave us that we've been kind of working on and, and together on. We call it our compass. It's part of what helps direct us in, in the culture that we feel the Lord's called us to build. And this is actually one of those statements that we feel more called as a people to the secret place than to the stage. That we choose the secret place over the stage. Or, or to put it a different way, we choose the private over the public. So let me, let me say what I mean by that. Um, and I, don't, I wasn't planning on sharing this, but I feel like I need to. Um, and it's still gross out. See, y'all don't got anywhere to go. Um, The Lord asked me something, actually the same time he was downloading this word to me. I didn't realize at the time that they, they connected, but he asked me something. And, and let me back up from that for just one moment and make sure you understand. I, I, I love church. Like, I, I like genuinely, I, li I like church. I like gathering together with people. I love worshiping, whether I'm up here or, or, or in the congregation. I love, I love church. I love, I love hearing preaching. I, if, you, if you wander into my office on any given day, you'll probably either hear worship music on that's usually just a, a live stream from some place that just has live worship going on all the time, or you'll hear a message. Somebody preach. I, just, I love church. I love the gathering of the saints. I love this. I love what God does when we gather together. I, I cry out for and pray for for. for watch me, you regularly, that you would experience the move of God as we gather together. I think, I think, I think, I think that we've sometimes in the modern church sort of tried to downplay the importance of the gathering together because we're trying to elevate the understanding of, right, the private over the public. I hunger, and, 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 and I've experienced in moments of my ministry life, God moving powerfully. I know what it is for God to visit a people corporately. I know what it is to watch a gathering double week after week because God's just moving mightily. I know what it is to watch an altar get filled with, with, with bondage and addiction as people give those things up simply because of a move of the Spirit of God. And I love those things, and I long for those things, and I hunger for those things. And as I was driving down the road, because God likes to talk to me while I drive, Holy Spirit asked me a simple question. If you could choose me moving in your corporate gatherings, but nothing changed in the private lives of your people, or I visited people privately, but nothing changed in your corporate gatherings, which one would you want? And beloved, without hesitation, because of the work of the Lord in my life, I said private. If our, if our gatherings didn't change, if our, if our worship which it never could be with the amazing people God's called uh, up to this platform. But if our worship was just flat every time and the word just sort of every time and there was just nothing, but God was moving mightily in your private life, I call that success. So why, why I say that is this. I'm not saying that as I talk about stepping into prophetic things and burdens and barns and birthings and birth, 
that might all happen in a secret place in your own life, and I'm 100% okay with that. This word might not change anything about our corporate gatherings. And I'm not only okay with that, I pick that over our corporate gatherings changing. This movement, I believe, will be more about private encounters than public encounters. Now, tension that. God wants to show up here in public ways. Sign me up for a double portion. Two quick things. In this season, if I can say anything to you, don't fear intimacy. It's the key. Here's what I hope you heard as we walked through the, 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 these four stages that I believe God's moving us through. It's the key regardless of what stage you're in. It's intimacy. If you need a word from the Lord, it's intimacy. If you've received that, come on, it's intimacy. If you need him to, to, to orchestrate and direct and guide, it's intimacy. If you need him to bring forth that thing into fruition, it's going to happen through intimacy. If you're worried about the, the pushback and the struggle and the distraction, it's intimacy. It's all, come on, it's all, it's all intimacy. Don't fear it in this season. Can I talk to somebody? I don't know who I'm talking to, but can I talk to somebody? Don't be afraid of going too far into intimacy in this season. So, oh, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to get weird. Uh, hear me, hear me, please. You're already weird. You, 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 you already go to the weird church, okay? That ship sailed a long time ago. I know nobody wants to tell you, but you're already the weird one. You're like, I don't have a weird friend. You are the weird friend, okay? Don't fear intimacy. Last, guard your intimacy. Be very, very careful in this season what you allow into your secret place. Be diligent to guard your eyes and your ears and your heart. Because what the enemy likes to do, right? We, we've seen this in the parables, right? As God sows out his seed, one of the things the enemy likes to do is grab a bunch of other seed and throw it in there with it. Come on. We are called, we are invited into intimacy in this year. Tonight, um, I am going to take some time and, and unpack a, a, another application of this. I want to, tonight, I'm, again, I'm not try, we're not trying to boost numbers. I just want to be clear. Tonight, I want to try to connect this word with where we are as a church and where we have been and where we're going. But this morning, I just felt to just release that, and hopefully you are able to catch some of that. I'm going to have a stand to our feet and have the team come back up. Um, I think it's right for us to respond in this moment. And I think the best way for us to respond, we'll, we'll, we'll go through our normal response, but I think the best way for us to respond is to practice some of that intimacy, amen? To just give you a chance to practice intimacy, to, to remember his faithfulness, to remember his goodness, to, to rest in the reality of just how good he is toward us. So we're gonna respond, celebration, contemplation, communion. We do this every time we gather. Logistically, communion. We're going to partake in communion. These tables are open to all who've put their faith in Jesus. We take communion by method of intention, where we take a piece of bread or gluten-free wafers around the edges. We dip it in the juice and we partake. If you're not a believer at this point in your journey, if you're just sort of exploring church, Jesus, the gospel, welcome. We're so glad you're here. You don't have to come up here and pretend like you're a Christian and take communion. Just hang out in your seat. This is just something Christians do. However, if you're not a believer at this point, the first message you need to hear, come on, is the gospel. Amen? You are already favored. You don't got to earn it. You don't got to merit it. You don't got to achieve it. You just simply need to receive it. How can I say you're favored if you're not a Christian? Because Jesus himself died for you. Come on. I think that's the favor of God. He wants to come and bring new life into your soul. And by repentance and faith, by admitting and abandoning the sin, the lies, the failure, the mistakes, the, the jacked up stuff, come on, in our life, all those places we go looking for identity, security, and felicity by admitting those and abandoning those, and then by faith, by embracing and entrusting Jesus. The Bible says life comes on the inside of us. We are made into a new creation. The moment we do that, we come alive. Celebration, contemplation, communion. Communion, yes, at the table, 
but also communion one with another. We commune one with another. We have a team of people that are going to be over here by the cross. They would love to stand with you and pray with you. Whatever your need might be, maybe it's physical, emotional, spiritual. Maybe you you are in that place of you need a word. Maybe you're in that place of you've got this burden and you don't know what to do and and and, and you're frustrated and you're it's it's alive on the inside of you, but maybe, maybe, come on, maybe, maybe you got twins and they're they're warring within them just need somebody to stand and pray with you. We'd love to stand and pray with you. Maybe you're receiving the gift of repentance and faith. We'd love to stand and pray with you as well. We'd love to get some resources into your hands and help you out on that journey. Contemplation. I think it's time for us to just take some time. Come on. And just sit before the Lord. To just sit at his feet and let him speak to us. And we're going to celebrate. We're going to declare once again the faithfulness. Come on, the faithfulness of our God. So I'm going to pray and we're going to respond. Holy Spirit, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we thank you that in this season you desire a new level of intimacy with your people. Lord, we respond. We say yes. We say yes to your invitation. Come on, with your own words, will you just, whether it's a whisper or whether it's a shout, will you just, if your answer is yes, will you just say yes to him today? God, we say yes to you. Not a one-time yes, not a one-and-done yes, but a continual, echoing, reverberating yes, yes, yes. A yes that has no no. We just say yes. We say yes because we trust your faithfulness. We trust your goodness. You have proven your goodness and your faithfulness to us. So we rest in our yes because you're good, because you're faithful, because you are always, you are only, you are good. You are always and only good. I, I just, I got to be obedient. I feel like some of you, when you heard the word burden, literally your response was, I'm already so burdened, I can't handle one more burden. And to you, I would say his yoke is easy. Come on. And his burden is light. And it's time to take off whatever burdens you've picked up for yourself and pick up the burden that he has for you. I'm not talking about a man-made burden. I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about any of those things. I'm not asking you, come on, I'm not asking you to fake impartation. I'm not asking you to fear intimacy. I'm asking you to just simply be with him. For some of you, the first step is going to be the taking off of burdens. Some of you couldn't dance earlier because you're so weighed down by the worries and the cares and the concerns of life. He wants to lift those off your shoulders. Come on. And in their place, put a custom-made yoke that's just for you. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you would do the work. Do what only you can do. Do the impossible, Lord. In Jesus' name. Church, come on, let's respond to the Lord.